Hello and welcome to the 90 Minute Cynic Podcast. I'm your host, Louis McCaffrey, and tonight I'm joined by uh, three champions, three winners. Uh, first up, Christopher Gallagher. Hello, Louis. Thanks for having me on your show. It's it's great to have you back. You're welcome anytime. Oh, thank you very much. Uh, Brian McManus. Hello. It's been doing? a long time since you've been on my show. Welcome back. I was on your first show. Were you? And it was, <laughs> he was, it was a great show. <laughs> Thanks, Louis. Yeah. I remember it. Sort of totally Memorable. Took your cherry and you totally forgot about it. Oh, Jesus. Well, uh, yeah, <laughs> off to a great start. Um, and Boud. Ludog. Yes, man, you're a bit more energetic this week. <laughs> he was oh, dead you last week. You were absolutely <laughs> dead. I was struggling. Um, so, Christopher, I think you've got a few words for the congregation. Yeah, just a couple of points. Uh, we did our, for the Patreon, patreon.com slash 90minutecynic, if you want to get involved. We've had daily podcasts on uh, since we started. Um, we've done a lot of podcasts, updates daily, and it's not just uh, a case of uploading stuff, something for the sake of it. It's really good content featuring lots of different contributors all about Celtic. If you fancy it, get involved. Uh, we've just struck a deal with Instat, so our tactics and analytics uh, part of our um brand or company or if you want to call it the 90 minutes ending in general is going to it's going to change in a very positive and uplifting way christian wolf and alan edgar will be at the forefront of that but also we'll maybe bring them in and uh, for some of these podcasts and some other podcasts we might look at some of the stats and um, bring some stuff in and i'll kind of be looking into that um we just want to highlight the fact that uh, the celtic uh, appeal um uh, for the Celtic Foundation, the buckets and collection is on Saturday, and people can still volunteer. Um, if you check out CelticFC.net uh, slash Celtic Christmas Appeal, it's a very, it's a fantastic thing, and um, we can, uh, yeah, fire, fire along to that. And if you want to volunteer, get involved, and also essentially um, give as much as you can. It's at this time of year, um, people are struggling, and it's always good to to give back to those people. It's a time of giving. Time of giving, Christopher. So CelticFC.net slash Celtic Christmas Appeal. And finally, we had my cup final memory as part of the Patreon, which was every single day last week. Um, Brian did a fantastic one. Chris Omani did a really good one. Frankie Mitchell did a great one. Barry Gallagher. Uh, Gallagher. Everyone everyone really was fantastic. Um, Stuart's was great as well. Martin Friel as well. Um, so what we've done is we've decided to put, at the end of this episode, we're, we're going to put on uh, Chris Omani's My Cup Final Memory as a sort of taster for what went up last week. And for the build-up to the next Glasgow Derby, which is the 29th of December, we've got something cooking that we think is going to be a lot of fun. Very similar to that, but again, just a little bit different and a little bit diverse. Uh, So yeah, Insta, Celtic Appeal, my cup final memory, patreon.com slash 90minutesynic, get involved. Also, I should say, if you sign up in December, you get a unique Hoidy designed... Ronnie Dyla badge, and uh, they are fantastic. Um, so maybe you'll sign up for that, and maybe you'll stay for the content. Louis McCaffrey, back to you. Thanks very much. Feels like a different show altogether. Then. Um, <laughs> so we, of course, are going to start um, at the weekend. Um, we've only gone and won ten trophies in a row. About what? I know. Ridiculous. How many? Ten. Ten. Say it again. I can't even count that. How many? <laughs> ten. Unbelievable. Um, so yes, the. The Glasgow Derby um, Cup final thoughts on first off the starting starting lineup. What did you What did you think when you saw it, Chris? Were you Were you nervous at the fact the likes of Eddie wasn't starting? Um, I think that the only th- I think Edward Morgan in place of Edward was the only um, 
was the only personnel change um, in terms of how we've played, obviously, this season. I, I know this is that was Morgan's fourth start in a row, but our expectations of Eddie being back in the squad and what Neil Lennon was saying on, on, at the press conference about how, you know, it's up to him and, you know, he probably will be available for it. Edward missing out was a huge... We can't underestimate how huge that is because he's a world-class striker or he's on the cusp of being world-class. And Morgan... Um, is a good footballer who was pl- who's been played completely out of position and he's done the best with what he can. So that's that that um, position was the only position I thought to myself, shit. Uh Hayes, fine. Yeah, not your first choice. Not my first choice, bit, but, but Hayes fine yeah, and then every, everything else takes care of itself. Yeah, we do, we obviously um last week we, we were kinda trying to guess what the team would be based on the kind of the, the information that Lennon was drip feeding throughout the week. Um so we had what Bolingoli, Elianusi, Edward, um, and Cham and Hayes all came back into training, and we thought, fantastic. Here we go, yeah. Yep, could be a full, full strength team. The team itself, as everyone knows, we had Johnny Hayes at left back, Frimpong at right back. Um, then we had Elianusi um, on the left, and Morgan up front. Um, personally, I was immediately. A bit worried when I saw it, um, but yeah, it's same as what you're saying. Like mostly because of just the impact that Eddie can have, and I think we we kind of saw that in the game where you know the likes of Christie and Forrest and Ilunusi, it it almost seemed as if there wasn't really anyone beyond them. Like no. there there wasn't a lot of options. Obviously, pinging long balls up to Lewis Morgan was never really going to bring as much joy, but um, so it kind of became a bit of a waste. Brian, of those players that made it, so Hayes, Elianusi, um coming back into the team from injury, how did you think the two of them played? Um thought Hayes was fine. Hayes does a job. Um, Apparently broke his foot, did Yeah. I mean, he came back. I think he played because I think he was still strapped up with his shoulder. Um, that's a player that sort of plays through a shoulder injury unlike some other left-backs I can think of. Um, yes. <laughs> um, Money grabbing. <laughs> also apparently did um, damage his foot I'd heard that he came off the bus with like in a boot on um, but I think Celtic obviously were down to 10 men when he'd done that and he's just played through the pain barrier so Hayes was great Ilyanusi I think was probably it was too soon for him as much as I would uh, I think he's tremendous I think he's he's been brilliant since we since we brought him on board but he, he just there was no impact on, on Sunday at all um, he just didn't look didn't look his usual self. Nothing was coming off for him. Um, he was obviously trying to put a shift in, but it just didn't work. Yeah, it's just maybe again a case of maybe a player who was rushed, or maybe a player who said, "No, I'm fit to start," and maybe in, in fact he wasn't. Um, Boud, what did you what did you think of the first half? Uh, first half uh, for me, uh, Foster and Frimpong were the only two that really got pass marks from it. It was. Aye, it was worrying to watch. Um, they seem to have uh, the lion's share of, if not possession, the, the kind of ad- attacking possession anyway. They were the ones that were pushing us. They were pressing us and we didn't really handle it very well. We weren't helped by the fact, as you've said, Morgan, and again, this is no you know indictment of Morgan. He's we can't a, keep caveating by saying we, need, we think he's a good player. We think he's a good player, yeah. but we have to be brutally honest. Aye, he, he didn't. I suppose he didn't provide an out ball like Eddie would have if he was there, which could have taken pressure off. He was bullied as well. I mean, and that's not his fault, 
but he was he was so easily bullied yeah. that yeah. hitting yeah. long balls to him was fucking Aye. useless. And, it, and again, we okay, it might have been easier for Morgan, or we might have got away with that more if everyone else was firing on all cylinders. But as Brian said, Moy, who again, obviously an absolute class player who's been amazing for us, but he was anonymous. Lennon absolutely yeah. got that right, taking him off at half time because he wasn't doing anything. Um, Forrest didn't have his best game. I've seen a lot of Forrest hate with the header in the agenda at the end with the old peak football. But um, yeah, that, that, that's a bit over the top. Forrest is obviously a great player as well, but not a great game from him. Um, that's Forrest is becoming one of those guys. I hate the phrase the <coughs> the, the boo boys. You know, yep. there used to be a phrase where you know, oh, that's the Samaras had his boo boys. No, but the diff- the difference is. I don't really know what Forrest has done to, to deserve it. The difference being, though, Forrest always had that up until yeah. Rogers came. So I remember there was one guy who used to sit in front of me at Celtic Park, despised James Forrest, mm-hmm. absolutely hated him, and he could never do anything right. But there was quite a lot of people that felt the same. I don't think Forrest really hit the heights that I think Lennon thought he Forrest was going to was get. Forrest was incredibly inconsistent before Rogers. Yes. We, we, let's not paint a picture of, of him being, you know, all, yeah. you know, fantastic. I'm playing. Played by injury, a played by injury career yeah. really. I and with all due respect to Ronnie Dial, I don't think Dial get the best out of him. I don't think he, you know, knew how to fully utilise James Forrest the way that Brendan Rodgers did. And I think first time round, Len- Len- <laughs> Lennon badges now available. Lennon didn't manage Forrest properly the first time. I think Lennon had so much faith in Forrest, and he just stuck by him all the time, as opposed to maybe giving him a bit of, bit of a rest or taking him out the limelight now and again. Um, but now, I mean, the past few seasons, Forrest has been. Easily he's one of our best players. He's been brilliant. He's, he's, de- he's definitely going through a wee bit of a you know downturn yeah. in form, but you know it's nothing. It's nothing major. You don't. He's still having some great performances. Just it's not like in the last season. Just sporadic. consistently, just one of the best player on the park or the second best player on the park. Whereas last kind of I don't know few weeks. That's not been the case. He's been a match yeah. winner this season at least five yeah. times. Like you can he's been yeah, great like season, five absolutely. times he's been a match winner. But that, that the first half, it's such a it's such a massive occasion. There's there is a lot of pressure, and I and I think there's also there's a different type of pressure on the Celtic team just now because they're on a run. You know, the first the first few trophies you win, you're happy about. It's not really a run yet, but at the point where you're possibly going to win your tenth trophy in a row, that becomes a wee bit of a a wee bit more overbearing on you. I think it, be, it adds a lot of pressure onto you rather than, you know, looking at it going with one nine in a row anyway. You know See, I, mean? I, I think you're right to an extent, but I think it can go both ways. It depends on the psychology psychology of the player. I think you can either look at it like, oh my God, this is our tenth trophy in a row. Are we going to do this? Or you could look at it of we've already won nine, just another yeah. trophy, just another yeah. day at the office. And I think a lot of those players went out there, not necessarily with the the, the wrong mindset, because I, you know, I, sometimes you just have a bad game. Sometimes teams just don't play well. That's just the manner of football. But sometimes you maybe go out there thinking, "We'll come through this. It's fine." And you know what? We did. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we I have. think your dad summed it up on Sunday by saying, "Like, don't worry, the wee teams always raise their game." <laughs> Big games, yeah. which is kind of what happened. I mean, Rangers played out their skin. There's no doubt about it. They were, you know, doubling up in players, which I think also impacted Forrest, um Excellent on, point. Game. Yep. Um, but they were putting a shift and a half in. Yeah. Our big players, Brown, I thought was relatively anonymous up till Frimpong got sent off. Um, but 
Frimpong was the one kind of he was a real shining yeah, light in that first half. Brilliant. And even I know someone said I think it was maybe on the agenda where they were saying that even though the he brought the boy down for a penalty, that's something you maybe expect from a more experienced player as well because that that was the option. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I think Frimpong's superb. But the way the way he held his own when M- Morelos is you know. Try to get the ball off him yeah. and, and Kamara as well. Wind that was just and, delicious. Yeah, oh, fantastic! So strong for a wee guy. I mean, he's yeah. just bossing people left, right, and centre. Yeah, but I think it, it, show, it shows his confidence as well. The fact that he's not going to be overawed by any individual player and the the situation he finds himself in, playing a cup final in only his sixth or seventh game in football. Oh my days! <laughs> oh my days! Um, so the first half. I mean, we can't we can't escape the fact that the first half wasn't. Wasn't very good from our point of view. It's because Rangers we had the wind, apparently. Honky ah, yeah. Kieran Haran. <laughs> Flat back four, three, five, whatever. Kieran's always got a interesting take on take the back. Totally got all hopes up at half-time. <laughs> um, it's just terrible. But, obviously, the one man who was making um, some insane saves and goes on to be the absolute hero of the day was Fraser Foster. He just looked like... In he, the mood. It, it was... There was no beating him. There was absolutely no beating him in that game. He was not going to let any goal, any goal in, no matter what what happened. Really, was it? I think uh, I, I mentioned this one. Maybe the reaction. Um, Fraser Foster's save from Ryan Jack. It is his anticipation to know because he starts moving before the ball's hit. Yeah. To get into position, so he he's read exactly what's going to happen. That anticipation. I don't think you can probably teach that from a goalkeeping perspective. You can talk about drills, you can talk about being focused, but the anticipation that he has for where the ball's going to go is why he's so good, is why he's such a great goalkeeper. So you're talking kind of midichlorian force style? Is that, he's uh, a midichlorians aren't a thing. Did you not see the last film? Anyone can have the force, pal? I have no idea. No, what I'm about. Um, so <laughs> from that point of view, dominated. Um, so from that point of yeah. view, clamped. So from that point of view, I don't know what that means, but it, I, it undoes the domination. That's what it means. It does. It does. I've used the term clamped. But I do think um, the clamps. Sorry, Brian. How are you? I'm good. No, I, no, I just want. I will say one thing that um, I, I was listening to sport. I had to go to the the doctors today, and I was listening to Sports Sound because I thought, fuck it, I'll listen to how how they've kind of reported on it. And Neil McGann said that uh, oh, most of Fraser Foster's. Uh, Saves, uh, you'd expect them to do that. And I just thought to myself, you 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 just can't, you you just nothing. You will give us nothing. You will give us. You're so indoctrinated. You went so far to the other side that you will (laughs) give us absolutely nothing. And he said, he also said, sorry, I just had to. He said, VAR aside, there is no VAR in Scotland. So VAR aside, there is no fucking VAR. You idiot. And then if there was far then the goal would have been onside anyway. So you wee hearts idiot. Neil McCant. Heart idiot. Neil McCant. Um so at half time, um, as I think Bowd already mentioned, um El Unissi goes off, Johnson comes on. <laughs> correct decision at the correct time, Bowd? Absolutely, hundred percent. Um I think look obviously hindsight, but looking back now, Johnson probably should have started. I know Last week's pod, a lot of you were saying Johnson's better off the bench, and I, I think that absolutely is a good point. But yeah, Moy wasn't at the races, so. Um, but it's a, it's a brave decision to make as well in a cup. Yeah, not cup wait, final. Not waiting a little bit longer yeah. or whatever, but no, I absolutely right time to do it. Do it at half time, get it done. Um, the goal. 
That was the, delicious. The uh, contentious, and I'm doing the wee inverted commas. Yeah. Um, the contentious goal. It was absolutely sublime and absolutely offside. It was great. Oh, I'm. You know, see these people are like, oh look, it's not offside. Aye, it was. It was a hundred percent. It makes offside. it even better. It totally makes it even better. Although at the time, it was probably a handball in there as well. <laughs> yes. Um, nobody claimed for it. Nobody thought it was offside. Nobody. I don't think any of us when we were celebrating even considered it and it was only I think it was Stephen Cragen that just typically is like oh maybe he's offside um, the ball in was superb movement Julian's finish was just just oh, delightful um, and his knee slide but oh, Jesus I mean the, the foul that got us the uh, the free kick which was I think Eddie's first touch girl was that right? absolutely shut up Brian <laughs> Just to clarify, obviously, sure. Eddie, Eddie takes the ball with his first touch, turns, and Goldson absolutely rattles him, and he didn't get booked for it. Yeah. I mean, it was a shocking, genuinely a, a shocking, shocking challenge. But like you said, I think, I can't remember who said it, but Morgan, they, they were just bullying him, whereas they knew Eddie, they, they couldn't do that with him. So they just resorted to their usual tactics, and uh, that was just, it just shows you what Eddie brings. Like, it was absolutely. Just that Morgan in the first half, his whole performance was summed up by the fact that he bro- broke through and he had two guys running off him and he just keeps running and he's oh, no yeah. idea what to do. He doesn't yeah. know whether to make the pass, take the shot, take it on and he gets tackled by Ryan Jack. That kind of summed his day up. But again, it it does feel a bit harsh to blame him when he's playing. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not blaming him. Yeah. <coughs> what I'm saying is he doesn't know that position and he can't play it moving forward. Yeah. He, he, but he when just, he's he just doesn't. been playing there before, Celtic have, have had better width and they've been, you know, also dominating the ever. ball, yeah, in a different and they've been way. it's been cutting the ball back. I think that's I can't remember who he scored against the first one he scored, maybe Ren, yeah, and that was the move. Whereas Celtic didn't have that; they didn't give him the options. I thought yeah. Morgan, very similar to Mikey Johnson last year uh, when he beat us, totally isolated. Um, yeah. But so, not. But at the same time, I agree with that. But at the same time, his he, he wasn't cute enough with his movement, and he wasn't. He like, do, he, just because he doesn't know the role, yeah, like, that's not going to come naturally. Yeah, I don't, exactly. I, don't, I think at, at a pinch, domestically, I think it's it's good that we've got that option. But I really, don't, I don't think he was particularly good against fucking uh, Hamilton at home either. He did what he had to do. No, he didn't. But, uh, he did. He needed to but, score, and he didn't. <laughs> <laughs> but um, so the goal came in the sixtieth minute, yeah. and uh, you know it should. It, and typifies why we have won ten, you know, ten titles, um, ten cups in a row. Because you know you're not playing at your best. You have got a team who, you know, let's face it, they're second in the league for a reason. They're the second best team in the country, and they absolutely want it. I mean, they're desperate for it. They're playing out their skin. You're not playing to your best. You know, they they must have all been. I would imagine very honest with each other at half time and went, we need to do better here because this this isn't good enough. So to then go a goal up and the scenes that followed and everything else, just such a mark, mark of champions. Three minutes later though, the red card comes, penalty Rangers. I, I, just to highlight again, because Brian did say it, but I think we all the offside chat, I think it's been glossed over how good a goal it was. Yeah. Christie's yeah. delivery was outstanding and Julian finished as if he was talking about Lewis Morgan not knowing the role. Julian knows the role of a striker because that finish yeah. was sublime and then the knee slide was something else. How did he do that? That was like the kind of curve right back. Compare that, to, compare that to Scott Brown's the week, like a couple of days before <laughs> when he fucking goes, tumbles his Wilkies. But he looked like he was on one of those air hockey tables. Yeah. Just, oh. <laughs> 
We've all, we've all tried it in the carpet, but it's never, it, it, carpet's a bad, bad place to be doing something like that. Um, so, weird, co- weird comment, Louis. Yep. Weird comment. Well, <laughs> when I was a wee guy. Um, I'm going to be doing it tonight, that's fine. <laughs> I have hardwood, wow. so. <laughs> okay, we don't need to know about Before that. Before or after. <laughs> <then he's played. laughs> Jesus. Um, so, true. penalty and red card yeah. was, the penalty I don't think any of us would argue with is there a case that is not a red card or do you have to send them off because it's in See, the penalty I, I, box I wish I'd checked this but we were having a debate at the weekend as to whether that's still a rule that whole last man thing and the last I'd heard, opportunity, I, you know? last I'd heard it wasn't unless it was like malicious or something I don't know um, hopefully Bow's checking this just now well, um, I've, I've actually downloaded a wee app but I don't think it's going to tell me anything because it's literally just a list of all the laws of the game he had to send him off because it's Willie Collum. Ah, well, that's the well, one thing. Yeah. I mean, because then I was thinking, Frimpong hadn't been booked. So it was a straight red, wasn't it? I mean, it, it is, was a straight red. I right? would say it, it's probably a red. Mm. I wouldn't, unless that is the rule. But I, Neil Lennon didn't argue with it. He, he said he could understand it being a red. But if the, I, shoe, if the shoe was another foot. I, 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 I don't know. I apply, <laughs> apply the laws of the game. Staunch. But at that at that point, Morelos stepping up now. Obviously, Tavernier's the usual penalty taker, but apparently shape they bag. decided oh, to narrative. They're bringing well, out a shape bag. Morelos was going to take it. What was your th- thought though, about at that time? How did you feel? Oh, shaking it. I was just. <laughs> <laughs> he Forster had made so many great saves. It's like he can't save a penalty on top of everything he's already done. These fannies have scored, and it's going to be hard. Uh, for Scott Brown to score another last minute winner. <laughs> <laughs> um, but of course, uh, Fraser Foster, I mean, it was a shite penalty, but he still had to go the right way. He still had yep. to save it. Yeah. People, people are saying he's off it, his it's... line. <clears throat> he's, not. he's not. Oh, he is, but his back foot's still Aye, on well, the That's what I mean, though. But like, and also, players in Ryan, Ryan, um, Ryan Kemp was encroaching, so it should have been retaken. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. Shit. But it was nice. Nah, it was nice. But um, it is, I mean, the the face leading, like Morelis' face, and you could just. You kind of want to feel sorry for him, but it's so re- no, good you that you don't. don't. Well, you don't, I Brian. Do. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm like it, Um It was it was another incident of perfect incidents. Like I just another one where you just thought this day is the greatest day. But ever. that I think Morelis is probably already broken up to that point. I am absolutely one hundred percent not. Convinced that Morelos was supposed to be appointed penalty taker because Tavernier picked the ball up, then gave it to so their captains bottled it. Morelos has got he's already missed so many chances, he's got all this pressure on him, and it is a bad penalty. It's a great save, but it's a poor penalty. I just think Morelos bottled it as well. Aye. As, as you see, he's, he's at this point thinking, How do I score? and then it's right, this is my chance, but it's Yep, I've been so bad. Fraser Foster has saved 40% of the penalties that he has faced. The average for a goalkeeper is 17. He's amazing. It's incredible. It's incredible. The presence he has, he's already putting doubts in the penalty taker's mind. But um, it just shows you the different mentality between Celtic market champions and Rangers who just do not have the mentality to to win these types of games. Mark, are we idiots? Yep, absolutely. Mark, we absolute idiots. That that happens, Chris. Do you think at that point this is our day? Um, our day will come. Is that what you're thinking? Well, I was thinking that. As well. <laughs> I thought when we saved the penalty, 
I started to believe, but there was still, what, 25, 20 yeah. minutes left. Um, you're down to 10 men. You're down to 10 men. Um, You've been shite all game. But then, yeah. obviously, we start to play a lot better. Mikey Johnson, when Mikey Johnson's, when we missed the Mikey Johnson chance, I think to myself, oh, one-on-one, we're on yeah, a knife yeah. edge here. Like, no. I, I didn't think Foster could, could keep doing what he was doing, but fucking, he did. He did, but that's this, the see the save with the ball. Sorry, Brian. See the save right. with the ball comes along across to the back post, and Morelos. I don't know if he headers it or he hits it. And <laughs> Foster's just big, and it goes along the line. I'm pretty sure Foster gets a touch on that. And I, to me, I just think that sums up how amazing he was because even then, he still just kind of gets a touch to divert it away. The guy was just unbeatable. I mean, he actually was uh, unbeatable. Was great. But I think just going back to the penalty, and there's all this chat, obviously, about the offside goal and. He's just being cheated and all that. But Arfield's tackle after that penalty on Chris. Shocking. Right. Absolutely shocking. I don't even think he got booked for it. No. Um, <clears throat> and the, they seem to be glossing over the fact that Arfield should have yeah. went. Morelos should have been sent off. Morel- um, Morelos should have been sent off. He didn't even get booked. It's like, Morelos I mean, could have been on four or five bookings from the number uh, of fouls and the, dives that he but had. But see, wait, if you're a referee and you talk to the same player five times, six times, I mean, come on to fuck. The one on Julian, like, it's just horrendous. It's so, I, and see the one on Julian, I just think to actively try and do a fellow professional like that when the ball's not even in the same area, I just think it's beyond. I think it's it's akin to Roy Keane doing Alfie and Gahala. Do you know what I mean? It's like that uh, level of just, I'm going to do this to you and I don't care. And it's his Achilles as well. So, you know, anything snaps, you could be out for months. Yep. I, I just... Morelos, people again. I was listening to that fucking sports sound, and they're talking about how well Morelos has done, and you know uh, he's really curbed everything, um, and, and his attitudes changed. Has it? That's a fact. I mean, I think yeah. he's already had like just six not, bookings. Just, this year just, just not sending him off as I, much. Yeah, exactly. But at, at that point, obviously, the, you know, we're down to ten men. We've saved the penalty. We're still one 0 up. But we arguably. <sighs> play better when we're down to 10 men for some strange reason? Is that just because, you know, we were maybe more clear in what we had to do? Yeah, well, I think getting the goal and then saving the penalty, I think, gives you maybe a bit of confidence in realising, yeah, we are the champions. We are about to win our 10th trophy in a row. These guys are nonsense, talentless plankton. Yep. Um, But the other thing is, I think... uh, as much as they were playing better, as we said, they were pressing us constantly. They would have started to tire anyway. See, if we had the 11 men, I think we still would have played better than them because yeah. we've got... I think Ed, Ed, Eddie coming on changed things as well. massively. Yeah. But, I, you know, I think it, it almost... I mean, obviously this team has had a number of times where they've been down to 10 men and played really well. And I remember under the rat, that was something that apparently they, they trained in and right. all that sort of thing. But... You know, maybe it just simplifies it in the sense of maybe they were more accepting of the fact that they had to play in the counter-attack and you had Johnson and Edward, they were the players that you had to get the ball to, to you know. See, one of the Rangers coaches, he actually, Christian mentioned this a couple of times, um, and I think it is quite interesting. One of the Rangers coaches that's been brought in has pretty much wrote the handbook on playing with 10 men and how to play with 10 men and, you know, what you do in that situation. You'd think you could reverse engineer that. How we play against? How we play against ten men? Yeah. Uh, because they they brought on Kamara. They took Kamara off, who I thought was actually one of their better players. They bring on Defoe, and it's kind of like, okay, I I understand that you need to go for it, but by bringing on Defoe and pushing Morellas out and bringing Kent into a sort of the, the middle, 
it just completely nullified them. showing up again. I think he's. I think he's. I think he's tactically. Maybe he's tactically naive. Maybe he just doesn't have the experience. Maybe he's just an idiot. I don't know. But yeah, well, that's. I mean, this is this is one kind of narrative, and the main kind of narrative that's been driven is the fact that you know Rangers were so good, um, Celtic were were really poor, but just lucky, and they they got the goal, and it was offside and all. Were Rangers really that good? I mean, surely if they were a good team, they probably would have scored from all the chances that they had. And as as we just mentioned about Steven Gerrard, I don't think he got things right either. If you, um, we will be doing an, an analysis of this game on tomorrow, Wednesday, patreon.com slash 90 uh, Christian and Alan have watched the game twice um, and they've both been chatting in the chat and essentially neither of them bowed during that chat as well. Neither of them think that Rangers played particularly well for the first half an hour. Well, if you think about it, and there's the chances that they had, Morelos, a lot of them were like shots. The one they skinned Ayer, but that was entirely Ayer's fault when all he had to do was just stay on his feet. Um, you know, he broke through. That was kind of clear cut. But I don't remember them. Ryan Jacks obviously was a long shot. I don't really remember them, you know, really cutting us open or anything like that. Um, I think they cut us open once, and it's the one where Morelos goes in behind and he. I think it's Ayer again, where he just kind of there's a movement, but again it's a it's a uh, they get lucky with the bounce of the ball again. So even though they kind of cut, I, I, if that's the best they've got, if if that's them at their best, if that's the best they can play, God love them. But that's the thing, Rangers, Rangers have no creativity. They've got this Ryan Kent who he was is totally atrocious, and the shot that he had, even <laughs> looking at his his body shape, any decent player, you know. It was horrendous the way he connected with the ball, the shape of his body, everything just cried out, this guy's Sid totally overrated. Aye. <laughs> Aye. Um, Seven million can get you Kent or it can get you Julian. Aye. Yeah. It's, it's 350,000 can get you Frimpong if you do your right, your scout yeah. right well enough. But it's very typical of a Rangers, because it was a panic buy, obviously we just beat them and they signed them the next day. He's heralded to be some, I think that was a daily record or whatever, when they had their top 10, or top 50 players and Kent's like... Number three or something ridiculous. Like they that. had an article, and it was like some something along the lines of <laughs> Alexander Trent Arnold says the hardest player he's ever came up against was Ryan Kent. It was like an interview that Alexander Trent Arnold did like three years ago, where he was talking about the best players in like the reserve league, the youth team or something, youth team. Yeah. Are you fucking yeah. kidding on? Like, are you shitting me? That's that's the Scottish mainstream media. And it's like the combined elevens where Kent was all at East. It's all hype. There's, I've not seen anything about him. Um, nice push. Yes, aye. But that, they, they don't have any... Cre- I mean, obviously, they were missing Davis, but I don't think Davis at his age brings... I, mean, I think Davis is a good player, but... He's signing, um, a, new, he's signing a new deal. Good. I was just reading that there. Like, there's signing three, up the three new players. McGregor, Defoe and Davis that they're on. Here's, here's my impression of Ryan Crane um, on Sunday night. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, that that sounds very similar to Ryan Jack, who was Who's crying like at like the him? end. We might as well get to the scenes at the end. Or somebody Bef- put it on Twitter, crying Jack, which I thought was uh, quite yeah. that's, uh, that's quite good. Yeah. Um, they were absolutely broken. broken. Yeah. It's like to a man, absolutely devastated at the end of that game. It was beautiful scenes. They gave their all, and their all wasn't good enough. <laughs> I wasn't close to being good enough. No, not even... I think Morellas even took his medal. He, he just ran up ran up the tunnel. I mean, that's the thing. It just shows you that as well, where they all just disappeared. They should have stood and applauded the champions. See, the thing oh. is, see a guy like Morellas, right? So 
they'll want to sell him in January to kind of get money to balance the books because the the wolves are at the door. <laughs> um, but you know, I'm at, I'm, at a shoot, I'm actually at that. He's not scored against us in eleven games. It's a cup final. He has what? Let's be honest, six or seven clear cut chances, and if yep. you know either Foster makes a save or he fluffs his lines. You know, it's funny and funnily enough, the more he plays against us, the more his valuation drops. It's a mentality thing where he must now be thinking it's not going to happen. And I think I don't know. I'm assuming it's maybe Christian put a stat up where his XG or whatever shit that is, he should have scored five point eight goals or something. Yeah, he scored yeah. the positions he gets in and the yep. shots that he takes, he should have scored like six goals. But and it's nuts. But, um, but like, who's who's going? He scored a couple of decent goals in Europa League this year. Who's going to buy him? He'll go to Crystal Palace. Like it'll Crystal, be, it'll be it'll Crystal be, Palace yeah. or some, and it'll be like for £11 million. Pounds, yeah. Which, don't get me wrong, it's still a lot of money, but... He'll get red card in every game he plays and then never play again. I mean, people com- I mean, comparing him to fucking Eddie or Dembele, it, it really fucking annoys me. Compare him to Griffiths. It's like the, the Chris Boyd-Henrik Larson comparison, uh, which isn't a comparison. Yeah. Boyd scored goals, but if you look at how he scored his goals and what he'd done on the pitch, it's, it's night, and day. night and day. Here's my impression of Ryan Jack. On uh, Saturday um, night, one sec. Sunday night. Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Um, so the the scenes at the end, Celtic players. I mean, they were just running towards the fans. Like I don't think we've we've seen in a long time. It was just a mix of relief, yep. of just sheer joy. joy. It was fantastic, <clears throat> fantastic, and on one of the most celebrated wins I think we've had in quite a while it just seemed like the most satisfactory way of beating them uh, and also like um, they were saying on Sports Sound you know they didn't even shake the Rangers players hands good yeah I want the exactly. least amount of fa- if that Scott weirdo that fucking weirdo Scott Arfield trying to grab what a weirdo That's that is a, a weird thing to do he's bizarre he's and so also, I think Scott Brown was like laughing and calling his teammates up to applaud Rangers as they went to get their losers medals losers so perennial losers are claim- yeah we're talking shit aye and then the interviews after it the one you sent earlier about was- with Tavernia's um, interview afterwards was just he was he he was bordering on tears. How how do you think he was this Sunday night? He was like this. This is this is a tavernier or tavernier, whatever you call it. This was this of, on Sunday. <laughs> these are brilliant. These can, these, <laughs> these can stay. Um, but in, in in general, what impact do you think this has, Brian, on both them and us psychologically? Because a lot, obviously, there was a lot of. You know, speculation, and we're kind of <laughs> trying to work out: Will this have a bearing on the league? How is this going to impact things? Uh, you know, if it goes in our favour or not? Do you think it will have much impact? How is it going to affect yeah, things? I think pre-game you totally play that down because um, you're you're just being cautious. But absolutely, this is a bearing on the season. They were on a bit of a high, good run. They dropped points. They lead up to the game. They threw everything at us in the cup final. We were down to ten men. They had a penalty. They still couldn't win. This will absolutely damage them for the rest of the season. Um, they're going into a really tough game Thursday night. Um, and if that doesn't go their way, then I think that it'll just it'll just continue on a real um, decline for them. The 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 cockiness from them, like we were talking about it before we started, about you know their fans just seem to think that they're going to turn up on the twenty ninth and, and scud us. It's just going to be a continuation of the same game. It's going to be nothing of the sort. Where the fuck's no, that? Where is that coming from? They're, well, they're half right. There will be a scudding. Absolutely, they're yeah. going to get scudded. 
Yeah. Gonna get scudded good and hard. Scalped. <laughs> Unscalped. But then that, that like, that's the thing though, about you know, we had players, you know, you've got that, that whole left side, Johnny Hayes, El Yunusi, coming back from injuries, mm-hmm. not being able to perform at the best. You've got Lewis Morgan playing up front out of position. You know, we we you know, we didn't play particularly well in the Hamilton game and still managed to get the win, and that was a big psychological moment, I think, as well. We would have hoped for a better performance. It didn't happen, but we still got the job done, still won that title in front of them. Like, you get put in their place. Absolutely, where they deserve to be. But do, how does it impact? Do, does it majorly impact things on the 29th for you? I don't think it's so much about that specific game, although I suppose it is. But for the rest of the season, yeah, I think mentally it's broken a lot of those Rangers players. And Slippy G as well. <laughs> um, <laughs> he's used to this stuff. He's used to throwing it away. Uh, as, you, as Brian was saying, they've got a tough European game in Thursday, which they need to try to get a result from. They're going to be really tired from this game, so... Again, they're either going to do themselves some damage and they've got Motherwell away on Sunday. Yeah, I know. Uh, potentially lose there, and I think they will start losing points in the league again. Motherwell away is a very good example of a game they could drop points. And um, once we get to that, for us, obviously it's great, but it also taught us a wee, it gave us a wee reminder that we need to stay on it because they did they dominated play for a lot of that game. So I think it's good for us. We're both one, and we've got the boost from that. And we'll get a little bit up the arse that we need to fucking bring our A yeah. game every time. Last couple of last couple of domestic games, the Hamilton game, you know, we didn't particularly play well, still got the job done. Didn't play well in this game, still got the job done. If that is our you know, our wee patch of bad performances and we're still picking up trophies and, you know, still points. collecting all three points in the league. There's not much to fear, is there, Chris? They went to Pitoji and squandered a two goal lead against a team that we annihilated when we played them. Um, if you're letting Andrew Considine score against you, gear. <laughs> um, and the fact is they played to probably their optimum against us. They weren't missing any players. You know, they, they had... They, they Davis had, was out. Okay, had, sorry. Dave, Dave, Davis Dave, the first team? I genuinely don't know yeah, if he's Dave, Dave, first, Davis yeah, would, would have played, right? But essentially, one player was missing. We had at least three yeah. Um, that would have started ahead of who, who played. So essentially, we've this Bowdy's absolutely right. This is a Sunday. Sunday was perfect. We won the title. We won the league cup. Uh, we got a wee reminder. We boot up the arse, um, and we got it so fucking far up them. We crushed them. We broke them. Here's an here's an impression. No, um, <laughs> but the, the fact of the matter is, we we've psychologically damaged them. I genuinely do think that. Um. And that's not to say we're going to win every game against them for the rest of the season because, you know, football's football. But I just think we already have an edge going into the 29th. I think we've got an edge before a ball's kicked. And I think a guy like Moy Ilianusi, who will be really, really frustrated that he wasn't allowed to show how good he was his, yeah. at Hamden, will be raring to go. Absolutely Brace, raring to go. And, and, and the, the last thing for me on them is the fact that they weren't angry after the game. They were just absolutely... What? Devastated. Yeah. I mean, that yeah, is that so. Is good, that that's even sweeter. The yeah. fact that they were just—it was like all of their pets had been you know, shot. That—that yeah. <laughs> that was their first. Well, apart from maybe the Scottish Cup, um, when Hibs beat them, but it meant so much to them because their first opportunity, particularly under Gerard, 
to win any sort of silverware, and they just messed up. And like, I mean, put it into perspective, as much as we're loving the fact we won it, it's a league cup. Like, it's the one where you'd be kind of like not really that worried about. See if the um, so. If they go and if they look, let's say they go out of Europe. On oh, Thursday. can you imagine it? Oh, if they go out of Europe on Thursday, right, and then they draw with Motherwell, so that they're two I points behind. I think we should all it. I think we should it again. <laughs> they, so we'll be what four points ahead. We're um, two ahead just now, yeah. Yeah, so we'll be four points ahead. Five. Um, and then if we beat them, we'll be seven points ahead. Potentially, we could go into the winter break. Rangers out of the League Cup, out of Europe, seven yeah, seven points behind. You know, when are the fan? When are the fan? The fans, they all believed that this was the season that they were going to push. And to be fair, they have stayed pretty much in our shadow. A lot of that's our doing, but it doesn't matter. They stayed. They stayed close to us. Now, if we start pulling away, if we if they're seven points behind and they sell Morelos in January, and we bring in one or two um, people, we don't necessarily need that much. But if we bring in one or two, they're going to be calling for his head come March. Well, that's the thing, though. Like if you. The mentality they have... Hopefully they give them a new deal first. <laughs> it's totally different from ours. I mean, if they can accept everything that Dave King says, then they'll accept anything. So Hopefully I think... Hopefully they'll accept our mediocrity. Yeah. I think they've got Gerard on such a pedestal that it would be... I mean, if you look at the managers they've gone through, where every single one of them was... I mean, Warburton was going to be the next England manager. Pedro... Cassini was going to be the next Real Madrid manager. Probably, Aye. Um, Gerard, they have him up on such a pedestal that if he doesn't achieve something and he he goes, that surely must be it. Like must be it for him until they bring in Graham Marty again. Big Marty, get the yeah. call out. I don't think Marty Marty. I think if as long as he stays in second, I don't think they get rid of Gerard until at least the end of the season. I'm not. What I say thank you, jump ship. No, I I think there's a good chance of that, but I think what I'm saying is their fans haven't really. Revolted yet? Like they've not well, really. Their fans are always revolting. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but do you know what I mean? No, they've not. They've not. There's been nothing. You could hear the last throws um Cassini's reign. You could hear that they were upset. They've not. They've not had that yet because sound a bit like this. <laughs> well, I think he'll get to the stage. Gerard's arguing with him while standing in a hedge. Oh, that would be amazing. Wouldn't it? <laughs> that's that's the end game, really. That's what we're all home for. Bowed, last word on the on the occasion. Can you put it into the words, sum it up for us, what it means to win 10 titles, 10 trophies, 10 in, trophies a in a row? I think it's very easy to do that. And I think it goes... <laughs> <laughs> Stop it. People hate it now. Can I just say, it's now two days after that and my throat's still done in from excessive do 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 I know, I, I said this to you earlier, but I've literally just been opening doors and jumping in the classrooms going... <laughs> <laughs> and, oh, they, it's just amazing. They hate me for it. Um, so, we're going to quickly move on because we've we've talked about that game for probably longer than well to be fair it's what everybody's here for yeah um but we do have two big games um this week we have our last uh european group game against Cluj uh, on thursday obviously we're already through we've topped the group there's not a lot to play for um from our point of view other than you know maintaining the levels that we've already set um but Neil Lennon's been very um, open about the fact that it's going to be a, a kind of reserve team that's going to go out there and it'll be very interesting to see who travels uh, tomorrow. 
Chris, for you, who would be the key ones that you would want to see stay in Glasgow and, and get some rest? Stay in Glasgow and get some rest. Uh, Ayer, Julien, Brown, McGregor, um, potentially Christie. But I could also maybe make Christie captain well, against Cluj. Because um, I would go real fucking reserve stuff. I mean, I would... This is we're topping the group, so it really doesn't matter. I know I want you want to keep momentum going, but at the same time, the games are coming so fucking thick and fast that Thursday, then Sunday, and the game a game on Sundays at home as well. So I would be keen to give the core a rest. Uh, make Christy captain, send him over, let him give him give him that honor of of being a Celtic captain in a, in a European game. Uh, I'd play Gordon. Uh, I wouldn't play Foster. Um, I would go real fucking big change, Brian. You're the same. I, yep. Although I think we should go even further and take a leaf out of Estonia's book and just no bother <laughs> just at all. Because <laughs> it, it really doesn't matter at all. And I hope that I get the whole momentum thing, but there's there's real key players that need a rest, and pretty much all your first choice picks, you'd probably just rest them. Um, there's no reason. I mean, this game literally means nothing. We're through. We've topped the group. We've already achieved more than we probably all expected, realistically. Um, Midfield of Encham, Christie, Encham and Rogic. Get that in my eyes. Rogic, he'll start. But then, Sunday's huge, I think. You know, in terms of Hibs, we need to keep... The momentum needs to be in the league. Um, and Hibs are obviously after their win at the weekend. Um, new they, manager they and everything. They absolutely Aye. fucking well, scudded. Don't, don't new, worry, we're going we're gonna to come with Hibs. Sorry. I know, but what I'm thinking is that, you know... That should be the focus. Clues yeah. is, is nothing. But there, there's players, you know, the likes, obviously Johnny Hayes isn't going to be able to play because he, you know, get injured again. He'll but, play. Eh? Well, <laughs> I might, I might just play. Comes anyway. on in a wheelchair. Um, <laughs> but, but it's a chance to get game time into certain players who have been out for a wee bit. Bolly. Bolly, for yeah. example. Bowd, who would you like to see feature any any players in particular? Yeah. I think if either Griff or Bio were fit, you get them minutes. Um, I think, fuck, fuck, throw them belly in there. Why not? We Denver's. We, we Karam. Who are we? Because what's the score? Is it a 25-man squad? Sorry, I was yeah. distracted. All right. Um, I don't even know who's who the sort of reserves are, if you know what I mean. Like the well, ones we, real, real Will Brown's players. suspended as well, so he'll definitely be getting a wee rest. Have you got who's registered to Is that where you've got it? Can you hit us with some names? Uh, goalkeepers, they're all I'd there. Start Ryan Mullen. Yep, Ryan <laughs> Mullen. Uh, Craig Gordon and Bain are there with Fraser. In defence, you've got Julien, you've got Taylor, you've got Yuzo, you've got Bauer, you've got Bolingoli, you've got El Hamid, you've got Ayer, and you've got Kerr McEnroy. See, we don't really have that many options at centre half. Just, I, I the think. Rest I mean, we can't really rest. Beton. Julian. Beton and Yuzo uh, would be. Jack up. Henry. Is he, in the, is he in the squad? No, he's been left out, I think. You can check at the bottom. Yuzo's dead. Yeah. Yeah. You're the one that's mentioned that's Ayer fine. and Julian has been rested, so unless you're going I would, to. Like, no, I would literally play fucking Barry Coffey at centre half. I don't, I don't even know what his position is, but. <laughs> you're a centre back now, son. Uh, a corner? Does, is a corner? <clears throat> oh, maybe a corner's not registered. I saw Yuzo in the West End. I've never seen him since. <laughs> Tell me, man, I don't know if he just disappeared that day. Anyway, crack on, Bout. Bitton, Brown, who's suspended, Sinclair, Morgan, Rogic, uh, and Cham, Barry Kofi. Uh, Shved? Uh, yes, he came I on think, for... 
he'll be classified as a forward according to this. Scott Robertson, Callum McGregor, Forrest, Paul Kennedy, Mark Hill. Uh, and then up front you've got... Mark Griffin. Hill's a midfielder, isn't he? Yeah. yeah. Oh, he's a f- I think he's a left-back. But they've probably got they've got a lot of people registered yeah, in their own I positions. Think got, um, Miller is a forward. Uh, Griffiths, Bio, Hayes, Hayes is a forward. Christie, Johnston, Schwed, Edson, Edson, Odson, Edwards, Edson Braffite. Jesus Christ. Moy, Calvin Miller, Grant Savory, and then Bailey. Grant Savory. Grant Savory. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I would go with Taylor and Elhamid Bauer. A fullback. Uh, yeah. What? Just give him a wee charity game. Uh, aye, fuck it. Aye. Yeah, why not? Beat on and a dead Jozo in the middle. Or you can play a back three. You can play Taylor, Bauer and Bitton as a back three. Just like more midfielders. That's not really a back three though, is it? But that's does it matter? Nah, I mean, we don't, that's we don't, we don't, we don't turn up anyway, I don't care. Just, I, I, just, I know we don't want to throw the game or anything, but you know, but, do, but do, you, do you in a way get a team that's more motivated if you give it to players who are trying to make it? Yeah, they're yeah, hungry. But you're not throwing in fucking left backs and Keon Tierney played uh, back three. Greg, yeah, Greg, Taylor, Greg Taylor played back in, a, in a back three for Kamarnock at times when when he's saying this because he knows I can't check. I know, but when, we <laughs> no, you, you literally can. I do. I have a computer. We have Insta <laughs> now, but we literally have Insta. I could. Yeah, you, Insta. You, you could. I was looking at it today. But you're not letting us see it. So I know, I know. You're totally making this up. But the the game against Closure is it's a fantastic position to be in that we yeah. can do this and, and it's incredible. Especially oh, it's especially when you see the plankton across the city and they literally have a game that they need to win to you know to advance and go through. I think they can it's draw. A massive, can, they, can they not draw? They can maybe draw. Yeah, but it's a massive night. They've they've got to start their first first round team. Yep, you know, yep, full strength, everything. go for it. So even better. Hopefully, a big bunch of them won't be voting Tory because they'll be at the game or watching it. <laughs> <laughs> Bonus. Um, but as Brian mentioned earlier on, they, they, we then come to uh, the game on Sunday uh, at home to Hibs, uh, back on league duty. Um, they won their last game. I think uh, Gal mentioned that before. They won their last game three 0 against Aberdeen at, at, the, at, at the weekend. Um, have anybody seen any of them under Jack Ross? Uh, I've seen the highlights. Yeah. Um, and first, I think we need to give a salute to Keith McGinty for having the foresight to see just how talented Scott Allen is. One pass. Oh, he's, but he's been what? pissed the rest of the fucking time. That, 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 you could retire on that pass. Yeah. It, it was, was an tremendous. incredible pass. Um, I think Scott he gave Allen... Him tablet, which is dangerous. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair. Keith nearly killed him. I think... Uh, I think a guy like um, Scott Allen will probably thrive under Jack Ross. I he's think he's found his place. I mean, yeah. that's his level. That's, and that's a good level. Lewis Morgan will be there soon, of course. Yep. I agree. Uh, but I think, I think, but he's definitely, he's they've definitely had a bounce under him. They've they've been doing well. I think they lost their to Ross game. Co- they lost the Ross County. Yeah, the Ross County game. But they they have been doing well, and this is a game that we have to respond in to the last couple. of games against you know domestic teams do you think they'll be you know do you think we'll get back to our normal performance levels Chris I think the game on Sunday will have essentially what our first team is so a fit volley uh <coughs> pong because it it's the league cup so it's nothing volley Frimpong Ayer Julien Brown McGregor Christie Elianusi Forest, Edward, way for his and goal. That that's the that's our best team, and that's the team that will play on Sunday. 
Hopefully, if you can get to a situation where after 65, 70 minutes, you're two goals up, three goals up, bring Thomas Rodgick on, bring Griffiths on, because these guys still aren't fully up to speed. Um, and there we go. I think Sunday's made for our first team to go and to dominate. Yeah, uh, but ma- ma- massive game though. And, uh, you know, I suppose we have the cup game. That would have been looming large in their minds, I would imagine, for the last few weeks. Now that we've got that done, we can just concentrate pretty much on league duty. We've also got the rearranged game with Hearts. So we actually have four league games before the the Rangers game, whereas they only have three, I believe. Yeah. So we have one more game than them yeah. over the, the period. Um, but, Brian, it's it's just so important that we try and continue this momentum in the league and, and get past a, a Hibs team who obviously are playing a bit better now. Yeah, and the good thing is, games against Hibs are always good. You know, and I think Ross, just remember when he was at St Mirren, he'd he, he done well, he played football the right way, and hopefully they'll come and do the same at Celtic Park, which I th- it should be a really good game. We've got we've got Hibs on Sunday. We've got Hearts at Tynecastle on Wednesday, which worries me because Stendhal's, you know, that whole manager's bounce. I know yeah. Christians try to it's a myth and all that, but still, them at Tynecastle try a hundred times harder anyway. Then we've got Aberdeen on the twenty first, and then that brings us to the Christmas period. And we've, we start with St Mirren, and then them. So that's some fixture: Hibs, Hearts, Aberdeen, and then Rangers. Yeah. It's St. Mirren away. It's St. Mirren. I'm going to say Love Street. St. Mirren at Love Street. So, Boxing Day, that is, you know, tough. Which is good because we're normally up bloody Aberdeen or Ross County on Boxing Day. Yeah. Bound to thought you were going to say something. I was and I've completely forgot what it was. No, just with the Hibs game as well, though. I mean, we're coming off a couple of great results, but poor performances, taking into account the Hamilton game as well, where last minute winner. So, it might be at home. But as you said, hips are on a bounce, so it's a challenge, but it'll be good to It's see a good challenge, know. though. It's good. Yeah. I prefer to play... You know, the thing about Hampton was they, at points, had 10 men behind the ball. And I mean, like, in their penalty area, there was eight opposition players. Whereas Hibs, I think, well, you know, it's oh, they'll play a, a little bit more, more open. Maybe yep. not as open as, as they've been in the past under, under Neil Lennon and stuff. But fuck it, I'm looking forward to it. I'm really looking forward to taking on Hibs at Celtic Park, knowing that they actually might try to play football against us. Yeah, then that's that's probably what we want because if they sit in and, you know, make it difficult, these games and, you know, coming thick and fast in December, it can, the crowd can start getting tetchy and all that sort of stuff. Good decision from whoever made it. I don't know if it, I don't think it was maybe Neil Lennon's decision, but the decision to give the players the day off on Monday. Do you know, you watch, he's clearly Neil Lennon watches um, too much NFL because it's great when see that and the head coach will say you know basically I'll see you Tuesday or Wednesday and they'll go nuts I think, I think Neil Lennon was just trying to replicate that but it was great and he just he wanted to do a gonna have a hangover as well, I totally so. he's just looking after himself but it was brilliant to see but but smart you know smart management of the well hopefully I mean we're not anticipating any sort of hangover from the Ev- weekend everything's worked out well in that we won the t- we won the we won the t- won the cup up the arse, but then we've got this week of focus um, where we can actually, a whole week of pre- preparation for a league game. We don't get that often. Yeah, Obviously, absolutely. we've got the Cluj game, but you know, it will be a shadow squad that goes over. So we've got almost a whole week of focus for the for the, the, the game on Sunday, and I think that's we're in such a privileged position right now, unlike them across the city. 
we're talking about giving them um, squad players that maybe don't get as much of a chance. You could even say to Kennedy, you take the reins for the Cluj game. <laughs> so you're starting the centre. <laughs> well, I think you'd be better than fucking what he was suggesting, but suggestion. I'd fire in, I would fire Oko Flex and Dembele on the bench. Um, they, they're not in the squad though, are they? Dembele well, can be played, I think. I'm pretty sure I didn't Flex see Oko Flex's name there, but I would have thought he would be okay because we've had him... 18 months, yeah. two years normal. I don't know, it's, it's, it's like a 25-man squad, but uh, can that be supplemented? Be like, uh, there's the, there's the, A the squad and B squad, so the young team can yeah. kind of come in and get at you. Um, moving on to, to other news, um, one one player that I saw in the, the kind of papers today was um, David Turnbull. Who is nearing a return for Motherwell? I don't. He's not actually said when he's going to be back, but I think he's he's off the crutches now and kind of coming back into light training. There's obviously been quite a bit of speculation before the January window. Would you go back there? Um, Do we need another? Well, that's the only thing I would say. Like I think. He look, I was excited by the signing. He looked a decent player, but it's just a He position. didn't look a decent player. I think he looked a really Aye, good player. Yeah, that's what I mean. But it just... <laughs> that wasn't me being a dick. I just... I well, think yeah, I think he's know. an exceptional talent. Aye, he looks he looks great. But it's not a player we need. I'm not saying we shouldn't sign him, but priorities lie in other positions back then. It'd be nice if we did get to see him play a few games as well, make sure that he's not ruined his career. <laughs> wow, you know, sad for him. That's but I don't pretty, want to waste money pretty key before we sign him. To be fair, but there's no way they're getting the three and a half million that they were going to get last time. No, I don't no. think so. We move on. We move on. Yeah. We move, we move on. on. Um, questions from the Twitter box. Uh, Lewis Laird asks, uh, "How name? Sorry, Lewis. What? It's a bit like Louis. It's just <laughs> that was really funny. hi, Lewis. Sorry, sorry. he's tier three CSE. All right, good, great name." Better than Louis, almost bad, <laughs> but not quite. What an asshole. Right, uh, Chris, <laughs> I'm coming to you with this then. Um, how much do you think it would cost to sing uh, Fraser Foster? Um, I think they're going to ask for between 7 and 10. I don't think we'll go higher than 6. Do you think after seeing him, I mean, I've still no idea because I've watched a couple of Southampton games and they're terrible, their goalie's awful. How is Seth Dingy Gunson? Is it? Uh, Brian Gunson right. I know he, it's him and McCarthy I've been kind of switched around How Fraser Foster could not get in that team is absolutely beyond me and it worries me that he's going to do so well and they're going to try and they'll try keep and, him Yeah, no, but not they'll, even try. they'll be looking up here oh, Scotland ain't it oh, my <laughs> men could save goals in a cup final <laughs> Jesus a lot of Cockneys in Southampton <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's, uh, so I think we'll go five or six they'll want ten Seven and ten. What's, what's, the, what's the most you would pay for him? He's thirty-one. Would you pay for him? He's thirty-one. Well, you're still at young. Still well, at least not young. I would pay six million pound to have the backbone of a defence that wins the ten. Yeah, I would pay six million. Six. Quid. I, I would easily oh, ten. I, I don't know. No, you can't. Pay Fraser 10. Foster. Fraser Foster, if you look at the signings we've it's made... too much, Brian. We Foster walk in there the rock. and we say, you're paying us. You <laughs> <laughs> pay us money to take him off their wage he's bill. Got like th- he's got a three-year deal left. What it's not like he's coming in his contract. Uh, that's again, what we won't get him for six. You've got to look at his age. And again, they're not. he is their third, fourth choice. They're not playing him. Why Why would we pay them 10 well, million, 10, 10 million not, quid? But goalkeepers' ages aren't really the same as outfield players' ages. Do but you really we're looking at three years... Out of a 31-year-old. 
It looks it look Did you see him on the weekend? It looks pretty fit. I look how quickly That's... Gordon has deteriorated in terms of his performances consistently. What, three years. Got oh. to what, 37? Same Fraser Foster just now. 10 million quid for Fraser Foster is ridiculous. Yeah, it's not. I just Happy days, not, are you off your nut? No, but see if we got for six, amazing. Bout but makes the point. He's out on loan for a reason. He's the third choice goalkeeper. Why would you pay ten million quid for that guy? What we do is we use our position to uh, negotiate. But the problem will come when maybe other play other clubs will look at him and go, actually, do you know what? He's more of a bargain because their market they can pay ten million. But then, quid how many nothing. teams send a player out on loan? He gets better, and then they want him back, uh-huh. which is the big yeah, problem. Uh, yeah. How many times does that happen? Yeah, we're Ryan Christie for a. Case in point. So, no, so had to make no, one. There's a difference. Him. Ryan Christie was sent out because he was that was a loan to develop him. Fraser Foster just wasn't playing, and they wanted half of his wages off. But the now he's ball. developed because he's opportunity to play. He's been injured for ages. Get twenty million. <laughs> <laughs> I don't play anything. Swap Eddie for him. <laughs> we only need him for one more year anyway. Come on, get the money paid. Um, Brian, come to you with this one. Um, Russell Ferguson asks, "Great is name. It, Great name. Yes." <laughs> Um, would you call a man a brown paper suit? Russell. Um, is it time to place <laughs> Foster in higher regard than Boric? For me, he's now edging towards being Celtic's greatest keeper of the modern era. Is he for you? Aye. I think uh, as good as Boric was, and he pulled off some amazing saves, some great memories, I still do think he sort of tarnished his legacy a bit with just how downhill he went near the end, how he just wasn't looking after himself and Foster's a totally different kettle of fish, and I think he's just he's just a better goalkeeper. Boric's first couple of seasons was outstanding. Boric is ingrained into our psyche, though, because of the character that there was, and walking around Ibrox with a the flag, and, flag and, you and know, all that, yeah. bless himself and well, all see, that. He was genuinely one of the best goalkeepers in Europe when we had him. No, I, 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 I don't disagree, but Brian's right. His but decline I, was so fast and so yeah. quick. One season. It wasn't. Season. It was a season it was and a half. One. Yeah. You just say you do, Adam. You just say stuff. And no one's going to check it. <laughs> Bowed Andrew Angus asks, "Would you sacrifice a Johnson-led victory on Thursday for a Johnson-led defeat on Friday?" <laughs> just say yes. AI, what? Sorry, I still don't get that. I was trying. There's a big election taking place. Oh, aye, oh, we bojo, aye. You heard the Boris, aye. Aye, and Thursday as well. Um, French Kelly asks, "Has Frimpong cemented his first team position after Sunday?" Um, and also in the evidence of the uh, of the performance, is it a must for us to buy a striker in January? Frimpong? Frimpong, yes. Play him every game. <clears throat> he's the best player. He's the best right back we've got in the squad. Best um, right back ever, after Danny McGrain. And uh, striker, absolutely a priority. Even if we get Lee Griffiths fully up to speed and we get him you know, going off the mark, um, still, I would take a third. Well, that's the thing, though. You think you've got... Bio f- might be shite. We play- yeah. I know. Bio free strikers. You it really think free strikers for a one position should be enough, especially if you've got another youngster. But another we're playing Morgan yeah. <laughs> in the weekend. So I think, yeah, I think you do need to get another striker in. And you, we also, again, we all realise Eddie's not going to be here forever, so you want to be building. E- e- see, even if we bring in a, a loan for six months as an insurance... And we maybe don't play them as much. Fuck two it. million for a wee alad a year or something like that. <laughs> Gents, an opportunity. Uh, what's the boy we saying from something that? Afalabi. Afalabi stepping up in January. I, I don't know if you want to put that pressure on him at this point. Just because. Well, know, it was meant to be guaranteed 
game time apparently maybe the early rounds of the Scottish Cup they play them yeah. mm. um, I mean we well. ca- my fear with, with Afalabi is the fact that how well Frimpong's done everyone's expectation for these boys like who step up will now be like well this guy's going to be great just because yeah. Frimpong's yeah. hit the ground running so but then I suppose that can I can work the other way as well he will have so much more belief maybe in the, the fact that yeah. he, he can replicate what, what Frimpong's done um, last question Brian is for you Kieran McBee for- asks McBee McBee um, he didn't elaborate on the B so I think he's involved in that whole water production thing the lemon and lime oh, and strawberry and it could be Anyway, we better get to this question. Yeah. Was for, uh, was Fraser Foster's performance on Sunday... Is there any non-Fraser Foster questions in there? Uh, no. Right, okay. No. Uh, was Fraser Foster's performance on Sunday better than his performance versus Barcelona in 2012? No. No. That was... He's, he made because some, of the level of opposition. Aye, he made it. some great saves on Sunday. Um but aye, the Barcelona game is... I mean, he's, he literally he's had a one-on-one one duel with Messi yeah. in that game and he came out on top. So aye. Messi or Morales, who's the best? I know. But also I mean, Cementi's position is the best goalkeeper yeah. of our... Of our but you wouldn't pay seven million for him. Oh. <laughs> I think a wee plus point in Sunday's performance was that the rest of the team didn't really perform or very few of them did, whereas the Barca game, everyone was just given their all. Yeah. But aye, Barca was still a better performance. Absolutely. Well, I think that's us for this week. It's been um, a fantastic few days. The the mockery and humiliation <laughs> of them uh, is continuing, and long may it continue. Um, you've all been fantastic, Chris Keller. <laughs> Don't say anything else. I was perfect. Uh, Brian yeah. McManus. I loved it. Thank you. Thanks for being on the Fraser Foster train, even if it's just the two of us. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Boud, you hate her. Hate, hate, hate. I hate who? The Huns. And that boy Lewis, for some reason. I don't know why that. I don't know Aye. Why. Well, Lewis no. and uh, Fraser Foster. I know. Shocking, but I you don't think he's mean too old. to uh, antagonise a Patreon, but if you've got a last name for a first name, question marks will be raised. <laughs> then there was another guy who had two first names for his second name as well. Johnny. Which is always a weird thing. Johnny, two names. Um, <laughs> Thanks, Lewis. Good guy, I'm sure. <laughs> Thanks, Lewis, and to everybody else that um, sent us their questions on on Twitter. Um, We have been a 90-minute cynic, and we will speak to you down the street. Chris Sermani, my cup final memory. Regular listeners to the 90-minute cynic will know that most of us are rapidly declining males in our mid-30s, with our predilection for talking about how soul-destroying it was supporting Celtic in the 90s. This cup final memory, therefore will not disappoint. The following cup final takes place weeks after the game mentioned in my derby memory, which either highlights how special a time it was for me, or that support and Celtic peaked for me when I was 12. Either way, here goes. Saturday, May 27th, 1995. Celtic vs Adrianians. Now for the young team today, Used to us boshing the Scottish game, this would be a minor disappointment. There's no glamour in playing Airdrie. And whilst that was true then, and is still true today, this game meant something. It meant a lot. Celtic had not won a single trophy in six years. Hadn't even been to a final since 1990, when we lost two. It's hard to imagine today, but it's true. 
Not since Joe Miller and the Stolen Shy in 1989 had we managed to secure a single domestic honour. It got so bad, I actually made an argument for counting the tenant sixes as a trophy. After our glorious 1992 triumph, and even had a poster of it on my wall. For those of you out there who don't know what the tenant sixes are, ask your dad. Either that or Google it, it's up to you. This season, however, things were on the up. Despite playing at Hamden, which was halfway through its redesign at this point, the club had been taken over by Fergus McCann and Tommy Burns was in charge. The darkest days seemed over, although there was work to do. The season started brightly. We made good progress in the League Cup. In fact, we made the final. It was against Wraith Rovers. Surely we will win that. We didn't win it. At this point, it was hard for things to get any lower for Celtic fans, and the day remains as painful as any. The season, however, progressed. We were again handily beaten in the Premier Division, but our cup form continued over from the League Cup into the Scottish Cup. We made the final. We just had to pray that our cup final form changed for this one. The pressure on us going into this game was absolutely unbelievable. After the dark events of the Wraith game, the magnitude of the game weighed heavily on us. I was sick to the stomach on the walk up to Hamden. It wasn't far to walk from the house, and although we had played there all season, this walk was far more foreboding. We have to win. Can't lose it. Just don't lose. I don't care how we win. Just win. And it seemed as if God listened. But when I said I don't care how we win, he came up with the goods by serving up quite possibly one of the worst games of football in history. The game for me is divided into the ninth minute Pierre Van Hoydonk header from an inch-perfect Tosh McKinley cross and the ensuing bedlam into a long and continuous period of anxiety-ridden hoofing and hacking with little in the way of football on the pitch. To say we were scared to lose this one was an understatement, but we were so determined there were real Celtic men in the pitch and in the dugout to whom this meant the world. In fact, the best player on the pitch that day was the much maligned Peter Grant. Although that says something about the quality of the game, you have to give him credit. The dying embers of the match, the pointer made a last-ditch tackle in the box, preventing an airdrie attack in a great position that epitomised their desire that day. And I think, just then, I allowed myself to believe we would do it, and we did. When the full-time whistle went, I, like most other supporters on the ground, got a bit emotional. I looked onto the pitch and saw Peter Grant hugging Paul McStay, Tommy Burns hugging them both. Pride, joy, passion, but above all, relief. We milked the celebrations that day and we had every right to. Other than the stop in the 10, I've not seen joy like it. We're back. Brighter days are ahead. It was one of the worst games of football I've seen. 
but still one of my best days supporting Celtic. It was with great delight that day I stopped kidding myself on and happily took down my Tenant Sixes 1992 poster. Chris Sermani, my cup final memory. <laughs>